versus Cardo. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 12 of the Nigeria Football Weekly with me, your host, Oluoke. Uh, reported to you live on Monday, March 29th, after the Super Eagles won against Benin Republic on Saturday. Um, so we'll be getting into everything to do with the game against Benin on Saturday and how the Super Eagles performed. Uh, and then just touching on the Lesotho game, which the Super Eagles will be playing tomorrow at 5 p.m. at the Teslim Balogu Stadium in Lagos. So without any further ado, let's get cracking. So what are the key things to note for the fixture um, against Benin Republic on Saturday? Before the game happened, um, we know that the Super Eagles um, travelled to Porto Novo by boat, um, which was interesting. Um, I know there was a lot of chat about whether that was good for the Eagles and why didn't they just fly in a jet or, you know, the usual protocols. But to be honest, seeing the pictures and the videos, it looks like it was a fun experience for the players. Like, I think they took about three or four um, boats along with um, the Nigerian. Um, who are the guys in the water? The Navy, yeah, as well as the Army and some other people, obviously, just to make sure they're safe. But it looked like they enjoyed the trip, especially on their return back to Lagos on Sunday, which is natural after you've got the W and you're feeling quite excited and good. But that was great to see anyway. Um, so that was interesting. Um, on the day before the game, so on Friday night, um, I saw a post from a few Nigerian journalists in Benin saying the Super Eagles, I mean, actually, they it was a post of Grenoble Rowe speaking to a journalist saying that the Eagles had to train without floodlights. So essentially, they had to <laughs> train with the full moon because the Benin FA, for some reason, did not turn on the lights for the game. So it's one of those things where you see it just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, who the hell even made this happen in the first place, you know? Um, but I guess that that's all you need to know about CAF and African football sometimes, you know? They just try these underhanded tactics to try and just put you off and to, you know, just see if they could gain an upper hand. Um, but at the end of the day, it did not matter anyway. Also, on the day of the game, um, it was confirmed that Alex Wobi was missing the game because he tested positive for COVID. Um, apparently, Gren O'Rourke spoke... Not apparently. Gren O'Rourke did speak to Colin Udo, one of the pr pr more prominent Nigerian journalists, after the Benin game to confirm that he believes the result was fake. So I believe in CAF, the current protocols means that whoever is hosting the game, that FA is responsible for the COVID tests, which is obviously ridiculous because CAF as a body should be in charge of the process. Uh, but anyway, um, we'll see what happens in terms of if it will be gets tested again. If I mean, I'm sure he's been tested again, but if that test comes back negative and if he'll be able to play in the game against Lesotho tomorrow at 5 p.m. So that was another interesting thing just before the game. And then just before kickoff, we found out that the other two teams in the group, Lesotho and Sierra Leone, had played a goalless draw. 
which meant that Nigeria, with our eight points after four games, had qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations automatically. So, yeah, it's not been the most, you know, exciting or, you know, straightforward Africa Cup of Nations qualification group when you compare our performances to Algeria and Tunisia, for example. But at least from the perspective of qualifying with ease, it was nice for that to just ease the pressure on the players and for them to just know that they could go into the match and just, you know, play the game to the best of their abilities, but knowing that they don't absolutely have to win the match. Although, knowing that Benin Republic are our next board neighbours and with all the underhanded politics that happened on the run-up to the game, I'm sure the players definitely wanted to, you know, show the Beninois, um that, you know, we could come into your stadium and win. Fun facts as well. Um, before the game, they mentioned that Benin had not lost a game at home in eight years, I believe. Um, so that was another interesting fact ahead of the tie. And I'm sure that was another thing that gave the Eagles a lot of motivation ahead of the game. So um, I'm not, I believe this game in Nigeria was on an NTA and um, AIT. But all of us in Diaspora Gang, man, we had to find streams online. The NFF announced that they will show it on the NFF TV website. But guys, as, <laughs> as happened last year when I was trying to watch all the games for Nigeria, the same thing happened again. In fact, this time the website was even blocked. So hopefully um, that will no longer be the case tomorrow. But I'm also, post um, I'm also hopeful because when you look at the next set of games, once you play Lesotho, they'll all be World Cup qualifiers. So I'm hoping that because those rights would be delivered and distributed by FIFA, um, we will see the Africa Cup of Nation qualification games shown on proper channels, both in Nigeria and the diaspora. I mean, it would be lovely to watch down BT Sport and just be able to, you know, enjoy the match um, without having to stream it online. Um, but anyway, this was a great game for the Eagles because, as you know, we won the match 1-0. Um, courtesy of a Paul Onuachu winner in the last minute of the game. I mean, when you when you consider all the things that can happen in a football match, scoring a last minute winner is as good as it gets. I mean, especially in a game where everyone's getting frustrated. It looks like it's heading to a nil-nil draw, but then you just pop up literally with the last kick of the game and win the game against your so-called neighbors. They're not really rivals in terms of our performance compared to them, but it was a really, really, really beautiful moment. And I'm sure like every other Nigerian out there, it just left such a beautiful taste in your mouth. Um, yeah, so shout out Paul Onuachu. We'll be talking about him as we get on. In terms of the stats for the game, just to run through um, a couple of those, Nigeria dominated possession as we expected. We had 56% of the possession during the game. Um, we took 15 shots during the game, including five on target. Benin, on the other hand, took seven shots, two on target. Um, not surprising, we did dominate the game um, as reflected in terms of those statistics. Um, but 10 shots off target was not exactly ideal. Um, but when you consider the state of the pitch, I mean, we'll get into that. Although I don't want to talk too much because when I was looking at Teslin Balogun Stadium ahead of the game tomorrow, I'm not sure the pitch would be in much better condition than what Benin allowed us to play on. Um, but those kind of pitches don't allow you to strike the ball well. I mean, when you were looking at the game, Nigeria kept trying to play a passing game. And honestly, the amount of times the ball was just bubbling up. Or I mean, just think about the amount of times you saw Ekong, Balogu, I know, and Sanusi pass the ball in between themselves. 
and pass it back to Okoye and play it back. And then Okoye boots the ball upfield. I mean, that just kept happening time and time again because every time they tried, they kept trying to build out from the back. They'll give the ball to Aribo and the ball will just pop up and it'll be so hard for him to control or make a quick move because by the time it pops up, he's surrounded by two players from Benin Republic. So it was one of those interesting games. But anyway, the stats reflect our dominance. We did have 10 corner kicks in the game, including the one which we scored our winning goal from, uh, even though it was a rebound. Um, in terms of yellow cards, the game pretty much flowed. We only had one yellow card um, and they had two. Um, also, that's in terms of stats, you could, you could, it tells the real tape of the game to be fair in terms of that one. Um, so apart from the pitch, as I mentioned, there was already a clear dominance in this one. And because we had already qualified for AFCON before the game, Benin knew that if they drew the match as well, they would qualify alongside us because they would have gone up to eight points and they would have qualified, um, for the tournament because Sierra Leone would not have been able to get up to eight points because Sierra Leone have four points with one game left. But Nigeria, by us scoring that goal and going to 11, it meant that, you know, Benin now have to avoid defeat in their last game against Sierra Leone tomorrow. But I'll get into that anyway. But more importantly, the reason why I mentioned this is Benin just sat back. Like, they were definitely happy for this to be a draw. You could tell by the way they were playing. They barely created any chances, at least anything clear-cut in terms of stuff that would really worry Madoka Okoye. Madoka Okoye was very comfortable throughout the match. I don't really remember him having to make any massive saves. I mean, the stats do say they had two shots on target, but to be honest with you, I don't remember them prominently. Um, that's not even me trying to be disrespectful, but he was very, very comfortable. Um, one of the biggest um, differences in terms of Nigeria's performance in the game against Benin compared to last year is Wilfred Ndidi was back in the team. So Wilfred Ndidi missed all of Nigeria's four games in 2020. And as you know, we did not win a single one of them. Um, so it's really nice that in his first game back in the national team, we're back to winning ways. So even though we didn't need to win this game, another reason why I'm really, really happy about this is it's just good to win games, you know. It helps your ranking. It helps your confidence. It helps the fans, you know. And you know what Nigerian fans could be like, you know. We're very, very expectant. So, and it just breeds confidence ahead of the game in um, Lagos tomorrow, um, which we're ecstatic about anyway. Um, so, shout out to Ndidi. He really ran the midfield as well. Um, I'll say he was—he definitely was the more comfortable of the midfielders on the surface compared to Aribo. Um, but that's not necessarily a surprise because Ndidi's played tons of qualifiers for the Eagles and he's just used to that kind of um, situation. But he was really, really impressive, I thought. Um, what else do we have? Um, in terms of player performances for each player, um, so I've been spoken about Maruka, so shout out to him keeping a clean sheet. So Maruka Okoye now has two clean sheets in a row for the Super Eagles since the unfortunate day where he conceded four goals. Even though, if we're being honest, you can't really blame him for all of those four goals. I mean, when you consider the defending and the way we considered those goals. But it's just good to see Okoye get back into the team and, you know, get another clean sheet under his belt. And, you know, just shut up, shut up the naysayers and keep it moving. Um, in, a, in other news, another positive news, so to speak, I thought Zaydu Sanusi was excellent. Um, I don't know about you guys, but let us know what you think on social media. I thought Sanusi was probably up there with Nigeria's best. If He was probably our best player who played the whole match, in my opinion, um, when you consider that Onuachu came on as a sub. Um, I thought he was excellent. He showed that he was great. Um, both defensively and in the attacking phase of play. 
He beat the Benin um, right back easily so many times. And also, when you look at the quality of his crosses, I mean, he floated one in that Onyekuru um, should have scored from, if I'm being honest, um, even though it was quite a good save from the Benin goalkeeper. But if he had just put it to either side of the keeper, he would have scored um, a goal. Um, so I thought Sanusi was excellent, guys. Like, um, And you could just tell like, he's the only Super Eagle right now who's still in the Champions League. Clearly very confident. He's about to play a Champions League quarterfinal against Chelsea. His reputation's getting bigger. Um, you know, I know in Europe, they tend to call him Zaidu all the time. Maybe that's the preference of his, but man, Sanusi is flying the flag massively, man. And I think that was only like his fourth or fifth cap, if I'm not mistaken. And let me just double check that right now. Um, because like I said, he only broke in literally to national prominence last year. When you really consider this, Zedu Sanusi was born in Nigeria, in Kebi, and came through the Nigeria system. And how is it that he's not been on the national team radar until last year? I think that game was literally, the game against Benin was his second or third cap for Nigeria. So yeah, I mean, his future is very, very bright, and he's still only 23 years old. He turns 24 in June. So shout out to Sanusi, man. Keep flying the flag. Um, Centre-back pairing, another clean sheet for them. Um, Ekong and Balogu started uh, at the heart of defence. Um, they're Grenoble Rose's first choice partnership. They've started an AFCON tournament, World Cup, AFCON qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers. So in terms of um, experience, you understand why that was the setup. Obviously, when you look at Semi Ajayi's performances for West Brom, I'll argue that he probably deserves a run inside, maybe. Um, but I thought Ekong was very, very solid. Um, I thought he was very, 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 very good. Um, you could tell he's very, very comfortable playing out from the back. Um, I thought he led from, like, he. you could tell he was the captain. You know, his leadership quality shone throughout the game. Um, he was able to command the defence. He didn't really put a, a foot wrong in any phase of the play. Um, I thought he was much more comfortable um, compared to Balogo as well. I mean, Balogo kept cliche too, but... I felt like Balogu kept slowing down our play whenever we were trying to um, play from the back. Um, I don't know if any of you guys had the same sentiment, but let me know what you think. Um, but I thought that was something I noticed. But all in all, fairly comfortable from both of them. A lot I know as well, finally started for Grenoro. Hallelujah. After the Grenoro experience of always playing at Goguma or Awaziem, it's good to see that he finally just decided, you know what? Let me just play this. <laughs> Let me just play a fullback like the Nigerians have been asking me to do. Um, and to be honest, I don't think you could ignore Olajuwon's form at Fulham in the Premier League. I'll say Olajuwon had a very good game. Um, uh, maybe not as good as Sanusi, but he was very, very comfortable in possession. He tried to overlap a, a numerous amount of times, and he was quite successful with a lot of them. Maybe his final ball was not as solid as Sanusi, um, but. Honestly, with that pitch, it was bound to be a tough time. Um, but I thought he was solid as well. So all in all, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that backline um, start tomorrow against Lesotho. But I think for the sake of rotating and the fact that we've already qualified, and I'm sure some of those club coaches would have been in Gwena Rose's ear, I would not be surprised if we see like Ajayi come into the team, for example, or Anibwe, for example. Um, so that will be one to monitor. Um, but all in all, I thought they were all solid. And I know... Um, did himself justice. He was substituted in the 84th minute, though. So um, it's a bit of a weird one because it's not like we were leading the game at that point. But he got substituted for Awaziem. I don't know what is Grenoble's bondage with this 
we're playing center backs at right back. He couldn't help himself. He literally could not help himself. And he brought Awazim on, even though Ibuayi was on the bench. So um, that's another one that I guess he would have had to explain for us if he actually gave a press conference like he should do, um, rather than just being able to give quotes to two or three journalists and then publish them on their site. Um, but I guess it's the Grenoble way, but it didn't cost us on this day. Um, but all in all, they didn't put a foot wrong. I like Awazim's passion. Look, don't get me wrong. I think he loves Nigeria. He definitely plays well when he plays for Nigeria. Plays okay. But, I mean, he shouldn't be getting minutes ahead of Tyrone Ibuwe. I'm sorry. Like, especially when you consider how well he's playing in the league so far this season. So, that's just my thoughts on that one. And then in the middle of the pitch, obviously, I've already spoken about Wilfred Ndidi. I thought he was excellent. Nigeria's best player in general in terms of how good he is. Um, but on the day, he was very solid as well. And I would expect him to start um, tomorrow as well, to be honest. I don't think we're in a position where we could not play Ndidi um, against Lesotho. Um, if anybody would be rotated, I would not be surprised if Jaribo, um is taken out for Etebo. So Etebo could start the game. So we'll see tomorrow. Um, but Aribo was okay as well. He had a decent game. Um, I don't think it was he was as impressive as Ndidi. Um, like I said, I think he struggled with the pitch a little bit because of how the ball was just bubbling up. But you can't fault his effort. I mean, like, when I was watching Algeria and Egypt's games um, earlier today, and you look at the kind of pitches they have, even Cameroon and South Africa, I'm just hoping, like, somewhere in the NFF and these governments, them seeing just how important the media coverage of the Super Eagles is in Lagos, Someone, because I know they say they want to renovate national stadiums through there, but really and truly, would they renovate it to the, to the like global standard we need? Like when you look at Egypt's pitch, man, with even the sideboards, obviously we know they just hosted, hosted AFCON, but with their electric side, um, boards, electronic boards, um, advertising boards, where you could just see, it just looks modern. And you could tell that they've got Al-Ali playing there and their, their league is well run just by looking at all those things. And, I mean, the Eagles are going to play in Teslin Balogun, which we know is just undergone a bit of renovation, but you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a genius to tell that that stadium is not amazing by any standard. So hopefully we can learn a thing or two from those guys. But I think that played a part in Aribo's performance in terms of the pitches. Um, so hopefully um, he'll improve on his performance tomorrow. But I just think that affected him a little bit. Iwobi would have probably started the game ahead of maybe Iannacho or Onyekuru. Probably Onyekuru, if, if I'm being honest. But um, we'll see what happens in terms of who's taken out um, tomorrow. Um, but Aribo was all right as well. And then Onyekuru. I thought Onyekuru had a very good game. Um, I thought he definitely was a man who was keen to take his opportunities. It was only his 12th apparent um, cap for Nigeria. Um, and he scored two goals already. Um, but he was definitely, you know, he's been out in and out of the team. He wasn't even in the original list that was called up for the national team. Um, after the whole French L um, league debacle and them not trying to release their players. Um, and then he got called up into the squad. Um, I'm sure he was just keen to impress. And then it will be then got um, tested positive for COVID on the morning of the game. So it was like all the blessings were just aligning for Yeku to prove himself and to show what he could do. And boy, did he take it. Like, um, only hiccup is he probably could have scored that header that um, the Benin goalkeeper made a smart save from. Um, but apart from that, you can't really fault his, 
effort and his performance levels. He was involved in a lot of our attacks, beat his defenders numerous times, put in a few good crosses or, ball, or pulled the ball um, quite nicely back for players. And the amount of times we had to go long because of the issues with the pitch. So when Nigeria realized that the whole passing the ball and playing it from the back was not working, a lot of the times you just see Ekong boot the ball up to Oyekuru. And he was very, very good at just evading his defender, still getting the ball, beating his man and doing what needs to be done. Um, so it's just a shame he couldn't get a goal for his efforts. But um, I would not be surprised if he starts again on Tuesday. Um, so watch this space. Um, especially when you consider the fact that apart from Yekuru and Chikweze, we don't really have any, apart from Iwala Ayimba as well, Iwala is the only backup winger we've got in the current camp. Um, um, I'll get into him as well. Um, he got brought on in the 81st minute for Yekuru. Um, I thought he had a decent game, to be fair, like Iwala. Um, I was initially going mad at him when in stoppage time, I'm sure you guys remember, he could have crossed the ball for a seaman or passed the ball to a seaman. Then he took a shot and he hit the side netting. And I was like, who is that, man? What the hell? And I realized it was here and I was like, what the hell has this guy done? Um, but if I'm not mistaken, um, he was involved in the phase of play that led to the goal. I'm not sure if he took the corner. I think it was Chikwezi who took the corner, but um, he, he was all right in his cameo. And I would not be surprised if he starts tomorrow, um, especially the fact that we're, we've already sealed top spot in the group. Um, although I would still like to see Oyekuru get to retain his place considering how well he played. And then he could probably give Iwiala like a solid half or maybe 30 minutes. Although I have no qualms if he plays. He was definitely very good. He he made a good impression. And shout out to the MPFL um, Massive who are always talking about how the league needs to, needs to be given opportunities for their players to showcase what they have in the national team. I still think Nigeria have a lot of players who deserve call-ups before players in MPFL, considering how well we're performing, considering compared to our CAF Champions League brothers. But honestly, it will allow more grease to your elbows, man. I hope he gets some minutes in the next game. And yeah, he was all right. And then Chukweze, Chukweze was Chukweze, man. He, he played well. Um, he was involved in a lot of our good moments um, without necessarily looking like he was going to score. Um, I don't think he ever took a shot where you thought, ah, oh, man, Chukwese, that, that that could go in the net. But it was very lively, very threatening. Um, I think the same thing with his club form is the same thing here. I like to see him add some goals and assists to his game, you know, just to add end product into all the flashy dribbles he could do. Because we know he could beat his man for days. Like, that's not a problem for him at all. Like, he would do that all day and <laughs> nothing will happen, you know, like, just batter his fullback for days. And we've seen him add in product to his game for the national team. I mean, he scored in the Sierra Leone game, um, which was the last time we scored goals before Onuachu's winner um, today. Um, but I thought he was impressive as well. And then Gwenoro opted for a 4-4-2 and played Osima and Iannacho up top. Uh, I thought Iannacho was very good. Um, Iannacho, he reminds me of Fred Zaha in the sense that they're confidence players. You can just tell when they're confident, when they're feeling the love of the manager and, you know, just feeling like, you know what, man, the manager trusts me and I'm the guy and I'm going to show him why I deserve to continue to be the man in this team. And he got licensed to play almost like Brendan Rodgers has allowed him to play for Leicester. He was dropping back uh, while Osime was the pure number nine up top. So he could pick up the ball from deep. And man, the confidence, he was spraying the ball to the wingers with a plumb. He beat his defenders a few times. 
he had a few issues with hitting the target because of, I'll save the pitch as well, to be fair. Um, but um, it'll be nice to see Ayana Cho get his 10th goal for Nigeria, which is what he would get when he scores his next goal. Um, so shout out to Kelechi. I would not be surprised if Kelechi does not start tomorrow, though, um, especially because of Onuachu scoring the goal. So Onuachu came on for him in the 81st minute to play up top with Osime. And as we all know, Paul Onuachu finally scored his second goal for the national team. Honestly, I'm so happy for Paul Onuachu because there's been so much pressure and so much talk about him. Like everyone always complains about high performance on the national team. And we also know that we haven't necessarily played to his strengths. But when you look at his club form, any man who scores 20, 28, he's gotten 28 goals um, for the season now with this goal he scored for Nigeria. But he had 27 goals for his club. There's no way you can't be calling up a man like that. And the fact that he was on the standby list as well, and it was only because of pullouts as well with the with the French League situation that he got into the team. And then he comes on with, I think he came on in the 71st minute, so with 19 minutes to go. He was the first sub we made. Um and then to score the winning goal in the last minute of the game for Nigeria. So he's grabbed all the headlines. Everybody's talking about Onuachu. Everyone's loved Onuachu. All the headlines in Nigeria and the diaspora about Onuachu. Every single social media outlet is talking about Onuachu. Uh, it's just great to see. And I love what he said when he got interviewed briefly after the goal. He said, man, now we just need to go to Cameroon and bring the gold. I like that, man. I saw a video of him. Um, was it with Pokoli? I think they're both from Ojo, somewhere in Lagos, man. I mean, all of us were from Lagos, man. So I like to see my Lagos boy shining. But more grease to your elbows on Wachu, man. He's definitely going to start tomorrow. I hope so. Um, I hopefully he could add to his tally because any man that scored 27 goals and then won for his country, he's going to be eager to impress. And he's 26, so he's the oldest of our attackers compared to Kelechi and Osime. So um, I hope he can really just push on from this. And that's going to do his confidence a world of good. And also, it means Nigerians would just ease off his back a little bit. Like, you know, we love a good goal scorer in Nigeria. It's what we do. We love our strikers. We love our wingers. We love our attacking midfielders. So, yeah, let's support Noachu. I mean, six for six, man. He could dominate. If we could just get Sanusi to just hit those balls to him, man. Just Sanusi just whip one of those left-footed, sweet deliveries straight to Noachu's head. Uh, let's keep it moving, man. And then finally, in terms of our um, eleven. Um, Victor Osime um, played 90 minutes. I thought Osime was unlucky not to score. Um, he was impressive. Um, I really wanted him to score just to get his form back up. He hit the post um, in the first half. Um, was that the first half? Or, no, it was. I think it was just in the early second half, early period of the second half, um, with his right foot just hit the underside of the the left the left side of the post, um, which is very unlucky. And he he was probably the guy who had the most efforts for Nigeria. I think I remember taking at least four or five shots. Um, so I'm sure Osime will be eager to start tomorrow, and he'll probably be telling Gunnaro, look. Just let me start, man. I need to get my goals. I just want to build my confidence. But at the same time, when you consider the fact he got injured the last time we played um, in Nigeria, um, you could also see the manager resting him just so not to piss off Napoli, uh, considering what happened the last time. But Osima is back in Lagos, man. Osima is a Lagos boy. He always scores for Nigeria. He's the top goal scorer in the AFCON qualifiers right now, alongside Percy Tao and two other players for one place for the Central African Republic. And I can't remember who the other one plays for. But I'm sure he'll be keen just to have that badge of honor. Like he scored the most goals qualifies country to the um, Africa Cup of Nations. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, the ball's in Granaro's court. 
but yeah, that's the rundown of um, the Eagles. I thought it was excellent. Well, if we drew the match, we won't be here saying it was excellent. So let me not deceive you guys. But we dominated the game and deserved to win the match. But we need to improve on our finishing. I need to take our chances and be more clinical. Earlier today, I watched Algeria beat Botswana 5-0. And with all due respect to Lesotho, that's the kind of performance we need to put in tomorrow. We need to be laying down a marker. Like, the North African teams are laying down way too many markers. And I'll come into that in a second. That we actually need to get acts together and just say, look, we're also here, man. We're Nigeria. Like, come on. Don't, don't. Don't think we don't we don't do this, man. Like, and I really think we need that kind of performance tomorrow. Um, I really just showed the guys. So the Benin performance was one where it was clear who the better team was, but we really, really needed to take it up a notch in terms of showing that look, we need to convert our chances. So if not for a notch, we wouldn't have said that. Um, but he's definitely the Starboy Eagle of the Week, of course. I mean, if you do that, who else can we give? Stabber of the week. I mean, nobody's nobody no one else's name is being spoken about in Nigeria right now, more than Onuachu. So um shout out to him, man. Um, that's great to see. And we're now going to qualify for our second consecutive Africa Cup of Nations. I know, right? For a country that's so arrogant, guys, we actually have this is only our third Africa Cup of Nations in the last six Africa Cup of Nations. So, yeah, we managed to miss the 2015 and 2017 edition of AFCON and 2012. Even though the last time we did not qualify prior to that was 1986. Yes, in 1996, we withdrew because of Sania Bacha. And in 1998, we got banned because of Sania Bacha bullshit. But all in all, Nigeria do not fail to qualify. Although our recent 2010s has been a bit of a shaky period for us, even though coincidentally, it's also the period where we won AFCON in 2013 under Steve Fikeshi, may so rest in peace, and also came third in 2019. So let's see how we do. In the addition, in our neighbors, Cameroon, it would be nice to win it on their turf, the same way they won it on our turf 21 years ago. So how would that be for nice, sweet revenge? So yeah, up Eagles, let's see how we do in that one. Whew. So just to wrap up the episode, or may I just say like the second segment, it'll probably be another five, 10 minutes max. We might, I just want to run through the teams that have also qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations. So you might as well know who our ops would be once the tournament gets started. And also, who, what other places are left to play for? Um, so officially, I can confirm that there are only five slots left in the 24 tournament um, to be decided. So at the moment, 19 teams have qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations already, including Nigeria, of course. Shout out to the boys. Uh, who have we got? We've got teams that have qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations. Mali, Guinea, Cameroon were the hosts. So they qualified first. Immediately they, they were um, told they were going to host tournament. Even though they have also they've also participated in the qualification process and they did top their group. So there's been no anomalies with that. Um, so shout out Cameroon for making that easy. Mali were also the first team to officially qualify apart from Cameroon. 
they qualified last year um, in the fourth round of AFCON qualifiers. And then over this March period, Guinea have joined them, Burkina Faso have joined them, Malawi have joined them, Ghana have joined them, our brothers. Shout out to our Ghanaian brothers, Charlie. We'll see you in the tournaments. Gambia have qualified for the first time in their history, I believe. Sudan have qualified for the tournament. I believe it's their first time in 10 years. And also, interestingly, I found out Sudan won the AFCON in 1970. How is that for African football heritage, guys? That's one for the trivias, man. Whenever you need to do a football quiz, add that one in there, man. Uh, who else have we got? Gabon have qualified for AFCON. So, as you know, I'm an Arsenal fan, so shout out Aubameyang. Um, it's good to see him there rather than sitting down at home like he did in 2019, where he was asking Alex Wobi for drip. Uh, Morocco um, have qualified as usual. Egypt, one of the big boys as well, have qualified. Comoros, first-time qualifiers, one of the small, smaller countries in Africa. Congratulations to them. I believe their population is much less than a million people. Algeria, the champions, have qualified. They've been very impressive as well um, in qualification as well as their friendly matches. And to be honest, on balance of play, I'll probably say they're probably still the favourites to retain their crown. Um, we all know what they did to us in the semi-final of AFCON in 2019. So hopefully we can assert some revenge in some form. Um, Zimbabwe have also qualified. Shout out to our Zimbabweans um, at the expense of Zambia as well. So I know that's a good South African or Southern African rivalry there. Senegal have also qualified. One of the big boys alongside us as well. Tunisia have qualified too. Tunisia also one of the big boys who people tend to underestimate. We drew with them when we played them in a friendly match 1-1 last year. And to be honest, we could have easily lost that game. Although, also, we could have easily won if Kelechi Anacho scored his penalty. We would have gone 2-0 up in that game. But they've been impressive in qualifying. They got 16 points. So they won five games and drew one. Um, so they've been the most impressive team in qualifying alongside Algeria. So that's just one to watch out for in terms of teams that have qualified. Also... Who else have joined the rest? We've also got Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast qualified as well um, earlier today. No, they qualified last week. And then Equatorial Guinea will be back in the Africa Cup of Nations. I believe it might be their first time since they hosted the tournament in 2012 alongside Gabon. And that's it alongside us, Nigeria. So those are the 19 teams that have qualified for now. In terms of places yet to be decided, I thought this would be an interesting one just for keeping us all up to date with what's happening on the continent. Central Africa Republic or Mauritania will qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations tomorrow. So they face each other with Central Africa Republic um, hosting the game. I believe it will be Central Africa Republic's first time in the Africa Cup of Nations, but correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Interestingly enough, they're the country where they have the famous president, Bokassa, who was the famous emperor who used all these countries' resources, about 50% of their GDP, to throw a party, a coronation ceremony for himself. Yeah, read up on that. But anyway, they could qualify for AFCON. Or Mauritania could qualify as well. I'm sure you've seen the movie The Mauritanian. Or I know it's quite popular or well-known anyway. Um, I think it was nominated for a few um, Golden Globes. Um, Burundi also have an outside chance in that group. But the problem with Burundi is they face Morocco away. So we could as well assume that. Burundi are not going to qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations, especially after they lost their home to the Central Africa um, Repub Republic. So that's on them. Saddle Barrino, what happened to your boys, mate? 
Also, Cape Verde or Rwanda, one of those teams will qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. Looking at the fixtures, I believe it's probably in Cape Verde's hands, but we'll see what happens with that one. Also, the Republic of Congo or Guinea qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, <laughs> it's probably good if one of the Congo teams qualify because the, the DRC let them down. I mean, the DRC did not qualify. Um, so hopefully we'll see their, their neighbours fly the flags for the Congos. Uh, in terms of whilst mentioning um, for Cape Verde and Rwanda, they both have away ties. So Cape Verde are playing Mozambique and Rwanda are playing Cameroon. Actually, Mozambique have an outside chance of winning, of still qualifying. But the problem is they would have to overturn a six-goal goal difference against Cape Verde to qualify. So... I'm just going to put my money on Cape Verde on that one. And then finally, the last two options, Ethiopia or Madagascar would be in with the chance of qualifying for the Africa Cup of Nations. Ethiopia are away at the Ivory Coast, so that's going to be a tough one. While their rivals for that last position, Madagascar, are at home against Niger Republic. So if I was a betting man, I will put my money on Madagascar for that one. And then lastly, in our group, um, as you know, we did a massive favor to Sierra Leone. So, guys, if we had drawn the match without Onuachu scoring, Benin would have qualified for AFCON, and this match tomorrow between Sierra Leone and Benin would have been a dead rubber, useless match. But because Polonuachu has scored, and it serves them right for all their shenanigans with the light stuff, it now means that Benin have seven points and Sierra Leone have four points. And Sierra Leone are hosting the game in Freetown tomorrow. And I believe it will be Sierra Leone's first. I'm not sure if they've even been to AFCON before. Forgive me if that's disrespectful, guys. But the good news for Sierra Leone in this one is their goal difference is minus one. And Benin's goal difference is zero. So as long as they win the match, it doesn't matter if it's 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 2-1. Sierra Leone will qualify for the Africa Cup of Nations at the expense of Benin. How amazing would that be? Especially after all the shit Benin did. But at the same time, it's not like I want to wish Sierra Leone any good after they came back to draw with us after we scored four. But to be honest, on balance of things, at the moment, Benin are our most recent ops. So it would be nice to see Sierra Leone do the thing that they need to do. Um, so yeah, let's see how that one goes. But that would be the last place being played for for the Africa Cup of Nations. And then um, there's still no word in terms of when the draws will be made for the Africa Cup of Nations or the exact dates for the tournament. Um, but I'm sure that will be announced in due course, probably before the summer or during the summer, because there will need to be preparations in terms of logistics as well as ticketing and if that's even going to be a possibility or an option. To be fair, if I could go, man, I'm trying to get my ass to Cameroon to watch the Super Eagles, man. Let's go and support the boys, man. If anyone's interested, you know how, man. Let's plan this thing and let's go. But yeah, that's it in terms of what's happening in terms of in on the rest of the continent. And then just to quickly preview our game tomorrow. Um, so we're playing Lesotho in the Teslin Balogu Stadium in um, Lagos. I'm so happy. You would have heard in previous podcasts, I wanted Nigeria to play in Lagos so badly. I was so excited. And for Nigeria to be playing in Lagos tomorrow for the first competitive fixture in over 20 years, it's just a great feeling, man. Like, you can already see the media presence and how much more comfortable the players are. 
I've seen a lot of posting about how Lagos is a vibe because they're in a the hotel, they're enjoying, they're enjoying themselves. You know, they they could be more relaxed, and you know, the media presence and just that hype of feeling like you're the Eagles must really get to them, and you know, they probably feel that effect. Even me on a personal note, like. The first time I watched the Super Eagles was in Lagos. I was lucky enough when I was seven years old to watch Super Eagles in the Africa Cup of Nations in 2000 in Surulere uh, against Tunisia. We beat them 4-2. And I know what that feeling is like. So, you know, for just the Eagles to be back in Lagos, like even forget me talking about what the state of Teslin Balogu Stadium will be like or why it's not, you know, how Lagos with everything we have in terms of our modern setup for concerts and how we're now the entertainment hub of, you know, Africa, you know, why are we still losing Afro nation to Ghana? It's probably the same reason, probably similar reasons could be found in terms of our lack of infrastructure, but hopefully, you know, we could get this thing cracking and really, you know, turn up for the boys tomorrow. So testing Balogun 5 PM, you know, I'm sure it'll be carried on AIT, NTA, and all the channels and diaspora gang i'm sure we'll find the stream to watch the match because there's no way we're going to miss this one um as i said because we've qualified i expect road to make changes to be honest i'll be very surprised if he doesn't um i don't think he will make too many changes because you don't want to overhaul your sides you want to if you think about it before afcon we don't have that many opportunities to play friendly games so really and truly you want to be honing in on your best 11 um, especially ahead of the World Cup and um, World Cup qualifiers, which starts in June, um, so it's not really the time to rotate too much. But because we've qualified and we've topped the group, you could make a few changes. So I'd expect maybe four or five, but we'll see what happens. I expect to create to still start personally, but we'll see what happens in that one. I won't be surprised. I said earlier, if a Buehi or an Ajayi comes in or an Atebo comes in in midfield, just to switch up a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I know people like. Um, Aribo would love to play in Lagos for the first time, you know. Um, the he's one of the ones that was born in England, so I'm sure those things also play on their minds as well. Um, one thing I'm sure of, Sha, is Onuachu will start. I'm sure of that, unless Gunnar Rose twitching. Um, but I'm sure he'll start Onuachu. Um, and we'll see what happens in terms of who supports Onuachu. Does Iana Cho continue to start? Do we see Iweala get to run at left wing instead of Oyekuru, even though Oyekuru was impressive? You know, do we see a table come to the midfield? Do we see Ajayi even get to run out, even in midfield, even though I think he should get a run in centre-back? Do we see Ibuehi finally get a game? Maybe he might even try Abdullah Sheo in midfield because, to be fair, he's been playing well for his club side. And, you know, he just needs to get a run out. So we'll see what happens, guys. Um, and once the game is over, Nigeria, that's the last game for um, the qualifiers. So we'll see how that one goes, and that'll be that. Um, and yeah, that would be it for the international games. So once these round of games are done for CAF, there's no more international football until the end of the football season. So um, I'll be back with another episode where we'll preview the games ahead of the weekend so we know how, and also we'll talk about how the Lesotho game has gone. Um, to be honest with you, my prediction is 4-0 minimum. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't expect us to concede to Lesotho. I don't expect complacency. I think the, they'll be eager to put on a show for everybody in Lagos. And I expect big things. Big things are going. So let's see how it goes, guys. Um, and yeah, that's it for another episode of the Nigeria Football Weekly. Thanks for sticking with me. Um, and I'm sure you enjoyed watching Nigeria win on Saturday. And hopefully they could, you know, make it two wins from two. As I mentioned in previous episodes, it also affects our rankings in the World Cup in the... Uh, 
um, FIFA rankings. So it's always good to just win these games, man. Just do your thing. And it'll be nice to see us with our drip in Lagos. So, yeah, as I've, I've been your host, Olo K, follow us on our social media or Twitter. You can find us at, at NFWPOD or on Instagram at Nigeria Football Weekly. Um, let us know your thoughts on the game um, against Benin. What do you think of Onuachi's performance? Um, also, you could also get us on email or um, at NigeriaFootballWeekly at gmail.com. Also, let me know in the comments on Twitter or Instagram what you think Nigeria's preferred XI would be for tomorrow or what you think we'll do in terms of our performance. Um, I've been your host, Olu Oke. Peace out. And up, Super Eagles, man. Let's go. Ichuk.